because you have national attention that's happening in the Waco region. Oh my goodness. So let's see what, what clickbait we can get. Name, name one high school five days before graduation where there wasn't a handful of students that needed to be talked to. If you just get out there and you tell the truth, your message will be consistent. I'm going to leave this as I've led the district the entire time I've been here. Straightforward, honest, bold, and courageous. Produced by Podcast Architects. Can we switch to leadership? Because I think there's a, a, a lot of leadership components and concepts and, yes, and things to be learned here. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, so as the media is, is piling on, what did you think it was going to be versus what it turned out to be? Well, I knew different media outlets would edit it differently. I have a very strong relationship with, with all media outlets in the area. And so just seeing how some of them prefer to go with the clickbait headlines, seeing how other ones edited different parts of meetings and presentations to make it look like this came after that, and then seeing how other ones just frankly provided a non-biased and fair approach. So I knew that the media was gonna to try to make a story out of it mm -hmm. because you have national attention that's happening in the Waco region. Oh my goodness. So. Let's see what, what clickbait we can get. The problem is the story itself really isn't that juicy. Name, name one high school five days before graduation where there wasn't a handful of students that needed to be talked to. Every high oh, yeah. school, some the day of graduation. So whenever you begin to explain that and that a lot of the issues are course completion, so not, not course failure, just completing the course, making up attendance hours, not 90 hours, but you need to get in and make up these additional, that's one, right. two, three, four, or five. The story really is not that that juicy. So just working with the media and seeing how they can put a spin on anything. How did you prepare for that? So if you were going to give a, a brand new superintendent or up and coming administrator some insight on, I know what the angles are going to be but I'm still going to hit it head on. So I've got to prepare for what I think that they're going to ask me or the questions or how they're going to spin it. How did you prepare? I said, tell the truth. That's the only, the only preparation is telling the truth and being honest and being as transparent as you can be without violating FERPA, speaking about a minor or, or personnel. And if you just get out there and you tell the truth, you, your message will be consistent. You don't have to oh, I have this story I have to remember. It's like, no, I've said the same thing again and again and again because it is the truth. And you know it's the truth because you don't see parent concerns or complaints. They know what their baby was or wasn't doing. Pookie <laughs> had missed so much school or was asleep. So the parent knew, thank goodness you gave my child an additional chance. That's Matthew 5, 7, grace and mercy. So... Each media outlet, they have their own agenda or their own, yes, they do. Their, own their own approach. Which one hit hurt the most? Meaning, 
the story was running, you were going to get out there and actually do some conversations, some interview. Was there one that was like, that's just not right? I'm not asking you to name the, the station or the outlet, but I won't I won't call them out today. But it was one where it was a student saying something and then I had responded to something else later on in the meeting or prior. And at this moment in time, I responded to the student like, no, you're wrong. You're 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 being disrespectful. Like I had addressed the student a different way. But the cut was me saying, oh, you're right. That that should have been corrected. And so I said, oh, so this is what we're doing now. And for the first time, I was like, fake news, fake news. Like <laughs> Donald Trump wasn't too crazy. Fake news. And, and, and I'm saying that. So it didn't hurt me. I'm more concerned about the district and my right. board. I'm always going to be okay. I mean, I have the gift of goodbye. I have the gift of letting things roll off my back. But I'm so overly protective and emotional when it comes to our children in the district's reputation. So, and then also the media outlets that knew our number was growing to like 27, 33. They kept reporting to five, to five and, and, and putting putting a one parent, I can't say parents, putting one parent on there, the five, the five, the five. It's like, okay, so now y'all just keep perpetuating the sure. negativity. Oh, because it looks good. Now, now, now we got this mama. Black kids can't learn. Black kids, I, I'm a, I'll be honest, I will talk about race. Latinos can't learn. You know, help me. I do die, man. Like, no, nah, like, no, see, it's just ridiculous. Let's just keep it going, the negativity, whenever you know our children are getting better. And so... My job and through all of this has been to just navigate and continue to perpetuate the truth, but also the positive light of what shines daily in Marlon ISD. When communicating with the board, obviously they're getting information and getting messages and, and taking heat as well. They are. How did you go about like, look, guys, I'm going to hit this thing head on and I'm going to tell the truth and we're going to move forward and, and do the right thing. How do you communicate with them and, and put their mind at ease that they know, all right, he's got to handle? Constantly, often, and they get everything first. So I communicate with the board on the updates. You will hear from me before you see it on the local news. And I said, I'm going to lead this as I've led the district the entire time I've been here. Straightforward, honest, bold, and courageous. You can try to come after me as a person and as a leader, and I just look at you because I'm like, nah, that ain't the truth. Like, look at the facts in Marlin. Look, look how we're doing. Look at everything that's taking place and going on. So I let the board know. I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to be honest. Disrespect is no longer going to be tolerated in the district from parents, from outsiders, from people who try to come in and disrupt. If you're on the outside talking, you're right. You talk on the outside. I can't even really hear you on the inside. Right. But within the district, at our parent meetings, at our community meetings, if there's any bit of negativity happening, instead of be quiet, let it ride, we're going to address it because we're always going to protect the brand that we built in Marlon ISD, more importantly for our students. So did it make you and the board even more cohesive going through this together, going through adversity together? Yes. You know, we have to ride together. And we've even used the phrase, we're going to ride until the wheels fall off because you talk about now being that true team. There cannot be a fraction amongst the board and superintendent relationship while right now we're still working on solutions. It is already solved. We are at 36 out of 38 today. We're gonna to end with 38 out of 38. And for the third year in a row, we will have a 100% graduation rate. 
Name other school districts of our size or larger or even smaller that have had three consecutive years of a 100% graduation rate. Previously, 10 years of failure. Previously, students major issues with, with culture and discipline. So look at the media impact, but the board is just, they're on, the board is on board because they understand their role and just still being those vocal leaders in the community. So from a leadership perspective, if you had to go back and say, I would change this, I would do something different, I, was there anything that you could point out and say, or I'd want to, even if I want to consider it more, if I had more time to consider, is there anything that you can find in that timeline that said, you know what, I'd want to, I'd want to do this differently? I jumped before the timeline. So we had an interim principal last year, so like last school year, and I was considering being the principal and the superintendent. Some of the community was like, no, doing too much. We don't want you as the principal because I hold people accountable. I'm probably a modern day Joe Clark. Lock the door, chain the door. And this don't, don't do that. That's, fire. That's a fire. And, and uh, this graduation right now probably is my Coach Carter chain the gym situation of my career. But they're like, no, don't do it. And then we didn't have a counselor for the high school. Well, we had someone doing schedules and stuff like that, but we did not have an actual like SEL counselor. We need a counselor. We need a counselor. Now, mind you, we had a system that worked. And I said, y'all, I'll be the principal. No, hire somebody. So totally fine. We hire a principal. We hire a counselor. No, no issues at all. Things are happening throughout the year. But what I can say, if I was fully involved in, I'm using the I statement, if I was fully involved in it myself, mm -hmm. I know what to check for. I know how to hold the kids accountable. I know how to do certain things because Marlon is a different population. And not placing any blame on any one or two personnel members, I told you, accountability is for everyone, student, parent, and school. And by school, that's a school community, myself included, my team included, leaders included, teachers included, parents included, students included. But the one thing that I would have done differently is not listen to the outside pressure of, um, not hiring excuse me, or hiring somebody. And I always did it myself because certain things you have to do yourself. Delegate, no. Trust, no. Don't micromanage, no. Let's do what works. We, you, sometimes you have to lead for where you are. Marlon has a greater challenge. So it's a greater need. So is it safe to say that you'll be assuming the high school principal role this coming year? Hey. I'm back. I'm back. I will be the principal of Marlin High School next year because I believe it's important to, yes, maintain my role as a superintendent, but to get back and rebuild trust. Trust is built by being consistent over time. And even though we have a strong supportive base of Marlin ISD, this has been a major withdrawal in the trust department. So we're going to make immediate and quick deposits by me stepping back into the role as high school principal. So you say something that makes me think of, to, in our culture today, right, there's a lot to be said about work-life balance and- Ain't and, no balance. See, and that, that's what I believe. I've always believed, I, I said- Ain't, no, not, there is not. Ain't no balance. And that's what I believe as well. I, I struggle with the fact that we're telling young people and administrators that there's not sacrifices to be made that you're gonna be able to do all of the things that you wanna do, whether it be with your family or recreational or mental health wise. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying there's a, there's a price to pay 
And you can either accept that price or you, or you don't, but that doesn't change that there's a price to pay. For our upcoming administrators, should we be saying you try to do, balance it as best you can, but understand that there will never be a total balance between what has to get done versus the time that you have versus the commitments outside of work? Yeah, it just depends on, on what your goals are. I know that there's no balance to greatness. Well, everybody says they want to be, you know, a principal, a superintendent, a great leader, great leader. And so then therefore you're not going to have balance. In order to get what you want, sometimes you have to make so much sacrifices and do what you have to do. And in Marlin, with the need being so great personnel-wise, student academic gap-wise, trying to still plug holes and build capacity, build culture, there cannot be balance. So that might not be the place for you to work. Depending upon where you work, you can have a little more balance. Marlin is always going to be on 10. And if it's on 10, your work has to be on 10. There is no balance to greatness because children deserve for us to give them our all every single day. And it's not just about the words and the support. It's about the accountability, the behind the scenes. Everything needs to be on a spreadsheet. You have to have a protocol for all that you do. If we're turning on the lights, it needs to be a system. You grab your index finger, you turn it this way, and you flip it up. Because systems are what win. Losers have goals and winners have systems. And if you have a system for everything, you're not going to have a balance in your life. So if you want to be that effective leader and make that change in that place that needs it, there's no balance. And if you want balance, go work somewhere else. In thinking about adversity, you know, you just went through some, you've had some, you know, obviously in prior jobs. What's the great part of adversity and diving in headfirst and taking on the challenge when you already know it's going to be tough, it's going to be an uphill battle, and there's going to be things said and done which you have no control. But what's the great part of fighting through it? Yeah, so, and, and not to have a, a superhero complex, but it's the need to save and protect others. This adversity we're dealing with, not only graduation, but the mindset and reputation of the school district, the, the emotional and mental health of the children who are still going to stay within Marlin ISD. So navigating and leading through adversity to ensure culture after the crisis that's what keeps me going because whenever the media is done and they're through and they're on to the next story, there are students and families who are going to call Marlon ISD home. Mm -hmm. So how we handle adversity now is going to impact the immediate future and foreseeable future of the Marlin Independent School District. Do you think there's a place where we need to infuse in adversity more in our school system and meaning you know there's this belief that every student needs to have an a and every student should be in the ap class and pass everything that's not reality it's not and and i think there's a big part of what we're allowing outside beliefs to to influence is that everybody's going to get the trophy everybody's going to be able to to complete an ap course and but that's not reality in the real world. When you're competing for jobs, opportunities, that doesn't happen out there. And so why would we set our, our system up where, we're, where kids are most malleable to trick them into believing that? I don't understand why we do that. 
you know, life is a competition. But a lot of people don't want a lot of people don't want to admit that. And so how we prepare our students for competition is how they're going to be able to go out into the real world and survive. I do believe that the school system should have situations that naturally produce adversity, but at least you're still under the safety net of having a school system. We'll never let a child hit rock bottom right. emotionally or mentally. But sometimes it's okay to tell them no. It's okay to hold them accountable. It's okay to say only five of you all met this standard or only 15 of you all get to go on the trip. By what we're doing, we're setting up real life scenarios. So the first time that you feel adversity is not whenever you're 18 and you're released and it hits you and you can't handle it. But we have to also work with our parents and families. If we adopt that as a part of our vision, as a part of the, as a part of our mission for a school community, not just inside the four walls, then I think that we can begin to have parents on board to say, you're right. It is OK for my child not to go. It is OK for my child to be told no, because that's also preparing them. Academics are important. Like, let's not act like they're not. But in life. Thinking skills are more important. Emotional intelligence, your ability to handle your ego and your emotions is way more important if, if you can spit a random fact. So we have to rethink of how we do schools, because if not, we're going to keep on getting the same result, keep going in this same cycle. Yes, we can graduate students. We can have students do well on the SAT and ACT. But are we producing productive members of society who can ultimately fend for themselves financially, physically, emotionally as adults? OK, I got to ask this question. Which interview or, or interviewee, no, excuse me, interviewer, did you like the best and why? Fox News. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought you were going to say that. Why? Cross country with Lawrence Jones, primetime national news network. He was fair. He asked honest questions and allowed me the opportunity to tell the truth about what is taking place in the Marlin Independent School District, not only for graduation, but for what we've done over the past three years. He is from Texas and he understands Marlin because guess what? He is from Marlin. Ah, okay. And so it was just a neat experience to have a dialogue, not only about graduation, but about what we do for children every single day in Marlin ISD. What was the most unfair question or, or a question that you were like that's just that's just low or that's just foul i think whenever i'm asked so 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 not by lawrence but by some of the other interviewees errors interviewers and i mean they check my high school diploma <laughs> but whenever you're asking me about personnel so what happened to this person what happened to that person we're still going to respect everyone's integrity personnel matters will never be discussed but as a district, we're going to move forward. We're always going to do what's in the best interest of children, but we also do what's in the best interest of our staff. Educators have to be protected and respected, regardless of anything. And that's always been my personal belief, that we have to protect each other as a profession, because right now there is an attack on public education. Oh, there's no question. We see it in the media, from the questions that they ask to how they edit clips. So as a profession, we have to get back to a spot of holding ourselves to a higher standard. And when we do that, the media, communities, and families will as well. So 
as you're preparing, particularly for the, for the Fox one, that's, I mean, that's a huge outlet, obviously. Yes. Um, were you nervous at all? I wasn't nervous. Yes, you were a little bit. No, Dr. Fernandez. A little bit. Whenever the lights come on, <laughs> I'm a different person. I walked in there and I was ready because I prayed. I got down on my knees and I prayed. I called my parents and I prayed before I went there. And I knew, I said, Lord, guide my tongue, guide my mouth, guide the questions. I was praying for Lawrence Jones. I said, Lord, allow this to happen. And when, and when I prayed, I had a sense of peace. And plus, I knew that I had the opportunity on national TV to talk about what's going on. So I didn't even have the time to be nervous. I didn't have the balance to be nervous. Right. There's no balance to greatness. And so I went in there, had a great interview. And right now it is circulating and everyone's saying it makes sense now. That's the truth. I gave on that interview the analogy. It's like playing spades. Depending upon house rules, if we're going to 300 and you have 295, you might be on track to win. You have to get to 300. You did not win. So on track does not mean complete. And that's been the whole thing in the media now. Our students were told that they were on track. Okay, good. You are on track. Now, one time did it say that your child was complete and we took back the completion. So you got to finish. So I didn't, I saw all of the stories, but I intentionally didn't listen to any of them because I knew we were going to have this opportunity. But it, I felt like you were very much in your element, even though the circumstances are obviously not what you, you'd rather be, you know, praising the kids and, and for, for good times, but it very much seems like you're in your element and you took it as a challenge and the ability to get the truth out there. How do young administrators, young superintendents develop that piece? Because we're naturally, you know, uh, we just don't say anything because the more, the less Correct. you say, but how do you, that is, I believe a, a better approach is like hit it head on. And if something went wrong, own it, right? Because politicians don't do that. You'll never hear politicians say, hey, we messed up or I, eh, I should have voted the other Correct. way. Leaders lead. Anytime you're faced with adversity, you don't run from it. You address it with the truth, regardless of how anyone's going to perceive it. We work in public education. Our job is to serve students. You serve students with your heart, your mind, and the truth. So it's important that the story was being told accurately because knowing that media outlets might cut, chop, and splice certain right. things, it was incumbent upon myself as the leader of the district to get in front of it and say, here's what we're doing, and this might change. This was like leading through COVID. All we asked everyone to do was just do your best mm -hmm. because you're right. If you're a young administrator, you might not have ever faced anything like, like this before. But what you have faced before is opportunities to tell the truth. And if you do that, you will always be fine. You don't have to like what's coming out of my mouth, right. but you will always understand and respect the truth and clarity in which I'm providing to you. Is there anything that you were hoping that they would ask you that they didn't ask you? Oh, no. A lot of people ask a lot of questions. But, um, it's, <laughs> they I, got it all out. They, they got it all out. But I think I got it all out too now. I mean, it is it is there. There's been the same message. Attendance, course completion, course, fa course failure. There were some students who may have missed a test here or there. But we have to go back and ask ourselves, why was a test missed? So we're looking at things where, where you attendance-wise in the classroom. So we're checking all the scenarios for all the students. 
even down to my baby was in the wrong class. So Dr. Fernandez, I go flip back. I see a parent sign yeah. schedule change request. Okay. I, I print it out. I, I email it back to the parent. Now that I finally get the emails, thank you. No, no, but but no, keep the same energy. Like, like, like the email was like long. It looked like a few chapters. Scan, send. Thank you. Okay. Have we created this problem being too lenient or being too uh, willing to make adjustments for stuff like that, schedules and, and, and parents? And when people push hard enough, it takes up so much of our time to fight that fight. A lot of times we just said, you know what? Fine, whatever. Have we kind of created this problem for ourselves in education? It's hard because it is a fine line. Our job is to serve the students, the board, and the community. And so we have created somewhat of a monster because flexibility, sometimes you can be too flexible, sometimes you can be flexible enough. And that's why everything really is on a case-by-case -case basis. But we've called it now somewhat of a sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. And we have to get back to saying, here is your child's course plan. Here is their endorsement and pathway. Here's what they need to take. And here are the courses that we're not changing it. What I want for them to change and get out and do all these things, we're not changing it. Well, I think that you can think, but I know what we're not going to do is change it. And we have to get back to that level of just accountability yeah. and, being, and being a little more cement in what we say. And that's what I look forward to bringing to the high school. I've already worn my board. There's going to be tons of complaints about me. Like... <laughs> Like T.D. Jake said, get ready, get ready, get ready, because they're going to complain, because I'm going to hold the standard and then some. One thing that, one thing that we are going to do, so UIL has no pass, no play. Mm -hmm. We are going to maintain that. But in Marlon ISD, we're doing no pass or incomplete assignment, no practice. If you're failing at any point throughout the six weeks, I think it's important that you're in tutoring and you're not at drill team rehearsal. You're not at band practice. You're not at volleyball camp. Most parents say, fine, my child turns in work anyway. My child is always passing. There's those few parents. That's not fair. That's not right. And I have to let them know, honestly, if I have to have a higher standard for your child than you do, then that's what I will do. Mm -hmm. I'll go to the board. I can walk you over there. The standard is not going to be lowered at all. Children will pass. Children will complete assignments because this is the real world. We're going to hold you accountable. We're going to bring you adversity. And if you don't like it, you better learn to love it. But at the end of the road, it's, it's like those coaches that were, were, were hard on you, right? It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But at some point, you'll be appreciative of what somebody was trying to do for you, whether it was comfortable. Well, comfort is not really needed for growth. Um, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time today and letting me hear it firsthand. And I, I did everything I could to stay. I didn't even look, didn't read anything. All I saw was graduation. Didn't listen to one thing. And I'm so glad I did because being able to have this perspective and, and you tell me exactly and be very candid and very transparent as I knew you would be. Um, but man, I can't thank you enough. And I knew, I knew how you would handle it and how it would work out. But Obviously, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it as well. 
Well, thank you for having me. I always appreciate you as well, allowing me just a space to share the truth, transparency, and the great things that are happening right down Highway 6. You know, next time we're going to have to have our normal fun. This one was a little bit more somber than we're used to, but um, I really enjoyed it. I think I, think I enjoyed this one more than, than our previous one, so thank you for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you. Produced by Podcast Architects.